Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Justin, you're in the house today. Appreciate you stopping by. Appreciate you being here. Um, I really don't like doing introductions, so I just like to dive in. Just I feel like I'm on a talk show if I, you know, say, "Hey, coming behind the curtain, here comes Justin," you know, and make up some stupid little gimmick. But anyway, well, we'll start off here. Just kind of get into your backstory. I'm a fan of underdog stories, and it seems like growing up, um, that's where you were already automatically set up to be the underdog. But you overcame a bunch of these obstacles just to get to where you were going. And we'll dive in later about how far you've gotten into and uh, how successful you've been, really. So uh, let's just start off there about, you know, your backstory and how you've started out being the underdog. Yeah, man. No, I, I appreciate you. I'm honored to be here and, and have this conversation. And, you know, it's funny. I think, you know, everybody has a story, right? Um, and everybody has a past and everybody has issues that they go through. And honestly, like every single person looks at it as adversity. And I respect and honor that this just happens to be my story. Right. And, and so when I look back at my life, uh, you know, dial it back to when I was like 16 years old, I found myself with a 1.7 GPA in school. My mom was in the middle of a 20 year opioid addiction and my dad was in jail. And so if you look at that, all signs pointed to, you've got no shot, right? Like the, the actual statistics state, if your parents an addict, you have a 50% chance of being an addict. If your parents in jail, you have 50% chance of being in jail. Do the math. Like I'm 100% screwed at that point, right? Sure. Um, and so for me, it was really about making slight changes throughout my life to get to where I am now. Um, and it was understanding that I didn't necessarily have mentors at that young of an age, but I certainly paid attention to what was happening around me and became very aware. And I said, okay, I know I didn't, I don't want that. Um, and so when I was 19 years old, I got a job in direct sales. Um, and that was actually when I got introduced to, to uh, self-development. My, my manager at the time handed me a book and he said, read this. And it was the book, Who Moved My Cheese? And that book essentially is about, you know, change is going to happen around you. There are things that are out of your control uh, and that's okay. What matters is how you react to those things. 
Um, and so that really kind of set me on a course of discovering who I am, falling in love with entrepreneurship and failing many, many times along the way. Um, and then fast forward to the podcast, which I started five and a half years ago, which has become the catalyst for so many great things. And I don't know how far you want me to go in, into my story, but Man, you know, that was literally a 50,000 foot view of, of, you know, my backstory. Um, and, and really it was, it was really about that long journey and trying to figure out what it is I'm supposed to be doing on this planet and what's my purpose. And, um, and every, you know, five, like I said, five and a half years ago, the stars aligned and I've been fortunate enough to, to build some really cool stuff from the podcast. Nice. So that moment of you growing up, I mean, was there a moment, you know, you said that you had, there was a 50% chance of you becoming an addict yourself, that something just clicked in your head and just said, I'm not going to go down this road that, um, I want to be, you know, better than this. Uh, was there a defining moment that you, you had, but, you know, you said you had a 1.7 GPA and that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, you know it's funny. I mean, I don't know if there was necessarily one moment. Um, I think a lot of times when we hear stories, we want that one moment uh, where everything clicked and everything changed. But honestly, it was really small, sustainable growth, right? Like the compound growth that I've been able to kind of live through my life. I mean, I've had moments of bad choices. Like there's nothing perfect about my life. There's nothing perfect about uh, anything really. Um, and so I think for me, uh, it was just that constant realization, uh, and constant self-awareness. You know, I had a conversation with a guy named Ed Milet, um, and him and I were talking and we were talking about his dad was an alcoholic. And if you don't know who Ed Milet is, he's worth half a billion dollars. He's one of the biggest podcasts in the world. Um, he's actually right over my shoulder if you're watching a video. Um, but, but with that being said, his dad was an alcoholic and him, him and I had a conversation about having parents that were addicted to something and how it creates such self-awareness for the individual. Cause you weren't sure what parent you'd have any given day, mm -hmm. right? Sure. There's moments that stand out where my mom um, would go down a bad spiral or a bad path. Um, but overall I was fortunate enough. And I always like to say this when I talk about my parents, I was fortunate enough that even though they made bad choices, they loved and supported me and uh, in, in all my crazy ideas. And so I think the real secret to, to my success and what I've been able to create uh, was the fact that I, I did have parents that loved me um, and supported me, even if their lives were complete shit shows. Um, you know, I, I, I really was fortunate from there. Now, there was a tipping point in my adulthood, and I'll, I'll talk about that here briefly. You know, uh, I wanted to start this podcast originally, uh, my podcast, The Growth Now Movement. I wanted to start it because uh, I wanted to become a successful entrepreneur. And at this point in my life, I had three failed businesses. Clearly, I was doing something wrong. And I was like, you know what? Let me start a podcast where I can interview entrepreneurs and pick their brain and really figure out how they did it. And I'll start to implement those things. And what ended up happening was six months before I launched the podcast, it was actually five months before I launched the podcast, my mom lost her battle to opioids. And it was in that moment that everything internally shifted for me. Uh, it became a realization that I wanted to become a successful entrepreneur so I could say to people, ha ha, look at me. Look what I've been able to do despite the odds. Ha ha, look at me, right? The car, the house, the, the woman, the whatever. Um, and it was, it was because of that moment that I said, life is so much more than this. Life is about finding fulfillment in any, any moment in our life, even when we feel we're in our rock bottom moment. Um, and so the podcast original or organically took on this, this conversation of tell me about your rock bottom moment. How'd you overcome? How did you decide that wasn't your end? Um, and I think that really came from a place where when my mom passed away, I was a bit lost, right? Uh, because I loved my mom. Everybody who met my mom loved my mom, but my mom didn't love herself. And what I realized was my mom didn't die from an opioid addiction. My mom died because she didn't love herself. 
And so the, 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 the heart of the growth down movement is really about understanding that even in those rock bottom moments, we can find fulfillment uh, and happiness. And that's really become a lot of my platform. It's what I speak about when I speak all over the country. And um, it's really about taking those rock bottom moments and using them as a, a jumping off point to create greatness for yourself and others. Yeah, I, I agree. There's a lot of people who are very egotistical and they never really think they're going to reach these rock bottom moments. And I've always said that, you know, you have to, you have to learn to lose at some things in life. And I think just like what you just said, how you're going to define who you are and you can't really define who you are without losing. If you're always winning, you're always doing good and you have that ego in check. Um, you know, I think it might catch up with you somewhere down the road and, you know, and, and that's what some other people might say is that can you have success with or without having an ego? Um, what are your thoughts mm. on that? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I'll speak to the first part really quick. You talked about, you know, people, some people say they don't have a rock bottom moment. Um, we all have rock bottom moments. Mm -hmm. Just some people seem to be more dramatic than others or more drastic than others, right? My, you know, going through what I went through as a kid, it seems big and, and bold, right? Um, but there are other types of rock bottom moments. You get fired from a job, your girlfriend breaks up with you, your boyfriend breaks up with you, whatever. Um, they're all rock bottom moments. And, 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 you know, in those moments, we have to decide this is my rock bottom moment. I've realized people who uh, live in the victim stance mindset of woe is me and why is this happening to me, their rock bottom moments keep happening right? Like, oh, rock bottom moment. Oh, no, wait, here's a new rock bottom moment. Here's a new rock bottom moment. Um, so we have to make the decision that this is going to be our rock bottom moment. This is going to be our defining moment. Um, and I think a little bit to speak to the second part is I think you need an ego in some way. Um, and by the way, I, I used to think ego was a bad word. I used to think yeah. ego was arrogance. I th used to think ego was, oh, macho, look at me. But I've learned um, over the last five or six years that ego is how we view ourselves and how we view the potential we can have in our lives. Ego, in my opinion, now ties to some sort of self-love and, and understanding that we are worthy of greatness. We are worthy of the life we want to live. We are worthy of happiness. Um, and I think that comes from ego. I think people who, who live in the victim mindset, they have depression. They have lack of self-worth. They have self-hate. They have all these things. Um, they don't have that ego to say, no, I'm better than this. Um, and I think so. So, yeah, man, I think that you need some sort of ego to understand that you're you're better than that moment in order to strive and reach that next le that next level. Yeah. You know, I always thought that people who seem to have that woe is me attitude are just attention seekers. And that's just the way they're obviously getting attention, like I just said, but they, and they don't want to come out of that. And they don't want to look for that. How can I be successful? Because they think, oh, the attention is still going to be on me. And and I'm not saying this is everybody, but I'm just saying in my experiences, that's just what I felt that, you know, the least smallest problems in the world can make a mountain out of. And it's like, you know, hey, man, it's, it's, you know, it's not really that big of a deal. You know, we can we can overcome this. And just it just, you know, boggles me that people just – you know, like you, like you are defining moments or trying to get success. They just want to live in that moment and they just are settle in, I guess. And they're content on that. And just, yeah. And, and you make a really good point, right? The people who live in those, in those moments, it's because they get the attention from that standpoint. It's because they didn't find self-worth or self-love um, in order to get past that seeking of attention. 
uh, I feel very similar to the understanding that people who um, complain on social media, people who put their problems out there all the time, you know, that's their way of seeking attention. Mm -hmm. And maybe they need somebody to lift them up um, beyond just, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Oh, things will get better. It's like, hey, like, let's do let's do the work. Let's let's really focus on ourselves and, and see if we can make this life better. Right. Um, and it's funny because we talk all the time about social media in general and we talk about how it's everybody's highlight reel. But I know a lot of people, it's their sorrow reel. You know what I mean? It's like the worst things that happen to them every single day. Oh, oh yeah. my God. I walked outside it and I dropped my water bottle and it spilled <laughs> all over the place. My coffee was too hot. Like I don't, I don't need to hear that nor do you, but the more you focus on that, the more of that you're going to get. Um, and so you have to change that internal dialogue and that narrative, uh, especially if you're putting it out on the internet, man, you put it out there and it'll become more and more apparent to the point where that's going to be your life. You're going to be the person that lives like that. And you, at the end of your life, you're going to be like, man, this life really sucked. Mm -hmm. And I feel bad for people who feel that way. Yeah. I like how you said it was uh, almost a human highlight reel because that's almost basically in what most people use it as. And you know, in, in my case, I mean, I mean, I can even say myself, I'm obviously I'm only going to post my best moments in my life. And I don't think it, you know, I don't like to air out my dirty laundry on social media just because I don't like the dark side of social media where just you know, like how you put it there, there is one just where you could get on there and you could go on to a huge rant and communicate that with the whole world in a matter of seconds. And then just go down this completely dark rabbit hole and people feeding in on that with you. And, and, and then, you know, you're just bringing in negativity in your life at that point. And it's almost, your mind is just, you know, like a sponge, just soaking it in. And, and that just gives you that negative mindset. Then I guess like we just said a few moments ago, then all of a sudden that's how you keep your attention on social media. Now, plus, you know, you're just bringing in all that negativity and people out there relating to that. And that's how you're gaining your, I guess your self-worth, like you said, but even though it doesn't seem to be in the right direction that we need to go in. So, yeah. Yeah, it gets them attention that they feel like they're lacking in life, right? Yeah. And, and you know, I'm very similar to you, like, obviously, so I'm very open and very vulnerable about my story and the things that I've been through. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, I paint it in a positive light because, oh, hey, look what I've done. I don't want people to think that, like, I don't have things now. Like, we all have discomfort. We all have limiting beliefs no matter where we are. I have friends that are worth a billion dollars and they have limiting beliefs in their life. Right. And so one thing that I really focus on in my life is like, what's that next limiting belief that I can break through or overcome or whatever? Because when I, as I want to grow and get better in my life, I've realized that I have to focus on what I call the four pillars and that's business relationships, wellness, and spirituality. And I realized that if I can find balance and fulfillment in those four places, I will have eternal happiness, right? Like I'll, I'll, I'll be able to and excited to live every single day. Uh, and so as I was, coming up with all this and, and I'm realizing how it connects to almost every single interview I've had on my podcast, which is now, you know, 400 plus episodes over five and a half years. And uh, these are the four main focuses we need to have in our life. And I was kind of going through my own life and I'm going, well, okay, cool. I figured out business. I'm, you know, I've built a successful business. I'm happy with that. I've figured out relationships. I'm a great relationship with a great woman. Um, you know, I figured out spirituality as I continue to continue to go deeper and deeper into that. Um, by the way, really quick, I always like to do an asterisk when I talk about spirituality because people hear that word and they go, this guy's <laughs> woo woo or, oh my God, he's super religious or whatever. Here's how I view spirituality. And, I, and, he, and so everybody should listen really, really closely here. Spirituality is as simple as this. Number, step number one, you have to believe there's something more powerful than you. You're not the person who created the universe. You're not the person who's <sighs> going to destroy the universe. 
number one, there's something more powerful than you. Whether you call that God, Allah, spirit, source, mother nature, energy, doesn't matter, right? Uh-huh. There's something more powerful. Number two, we all agree that everything is some sort of energy, right? Like everything's built off of energy around us. Uh, it's the atoms, right? Like that's literally like new neurons and electrons, that's energy. And so the goal in spirituality is to make sure that that energy that is around us is flowing with us instead of against us. Simple as that. Whether you do that through prayer, meditation, visualization, using crystals, whatever, whatever you use to help that in that direction, that spirituality to me. And then of course, number four was, was wellness. And I was looking through and I was like, cool, I'm locked in on three. And I looked at my wellness and I realized throughout my life that I was like a yo-yo dieter, gain weight, lose weight, gain weight, Mm -hmm. lose weight, lose the weight, feel good about myself, self-sabotage, gain the weight. This was a pattern in my life. And I look back and I go, why can't I figure this part out? Like, what is it? And so I, I look back through the Rolodex of conversations I've had in my life and moments in my life. And it took me back to when I was 12 years old. And so part of my story, when I was a kid, I broke both my hips and I ended up having five surgeries and all these things. Um, and the doctor looked at me and he goes, well, you'll never be an athlete. And that simple sentence embedded into the back of my brain. And that became a living belief in my whole entire life. So what would happen is when I would start to get fit, I would start to self-sabotage. And I'd start to break things down and I'd, I'd drink more, or I'd eat bad, or I'd stop exercising, or whatever, right? I'd stop some of those patterns. And so I've developed over the years this very simple, not easy, but simple three-step process to overcome any limiting belief. Step number one is get uncomfortable. You have to get uncomfortable. So commit to doing something. And so what I did in the beginning of 2021 was I did 70, I committed to 75 hard. So I was like, I'm going to get uncomfortable. I'm going to do something outside of my reach. Do you know what 75 hard is, by the way? Yeah, and I do. And let's, uh, I'm a big wellness and kind of fit guy uh, advocate. So, uh, but let's explain that, uh, what 75 hard is for those who don't. I do know that you drink a gallon of water a day, no alcohol. Um, mm-hmm. You have to do two workouts, one of being outside. So two, two 45 minute workouts, yeah. one being outside, one inside. Uh, 10 pages of a self-help book, photo every day, and no cheat meals. So you pick a diet and you stick to it, no cheat meals for 75 days straight. It was created by a guy named Andy Frisella, also a former guest on the show. Is that the first show. form? Yeah, yeah first form. Yeah, okay. Guy, yeah. yeah, so he developed this and I was like, you know what? I'm going to commit to this. And I talked about it on my podcast. So you know, my show gets played in 100 countries every single week. And I, I committed. I'm like, this is what I'm doing. Um, and no, Step number two in this process. So number one is get uncomfortable. Number two, surround yourself with the right people. Uh, and so I ended up doing it with my girlfriend, uh, who, who was definitely the right people. So day one, I said to her, I go, babe, I'm an athlete. And she goes, yeah, you are. Trust me. I'm not an athlete. I was not an athlete then. I'm a little bit closer now, but back then I was not. And she goes, yeah, you are. And I go, okay, cool. I'm surrounded by the, the right people. Uh, and number three, take action because nothing works unless you do. Right. So those three steps will help you overcome any limiting belief. The uncomfortable part is the, the important part from breaking through those narratives. Right. Um, and so, what ended up happening was I went through the 75 days. I didn't miss a beat. I went through the whole thing, got in the best shape of my life. Uh, and I've worked out five to six days a week consistently ever since then. Nice. So the pattern, the patterns are broken, right? Like I, I'm continuing to go down the path of not self-sabotaging that portion of my life. Um, and so now you find this harmony and this happiness in everything, right? And everything else becomes easy. And if we can focus on ourselves first, every single thing else becomes easy in our life. I used to chase money all the time and it eluded the shit out of me. But when I focused on myself and filling my cup, money then began to chase me. 
Um, and that's really the magic of these four pillars and overcoming all your limiting beliefs is because all of a sudden the life that you want will begin to form in front of you because those actions almost become self-conscious, if that makes sense. It does. Yeah, I like that. How, how did you break both your hips? <laughs> yeah, so I was, uh, as I choke on my water, <laughs> I, was, I was born with a growth plate deficiency in both my hips that we didn't know about until I broke my first one. Oh, shit. Um, so I was skateboarding the, fir- the first hip I broke shattered into five pieces. Um, and then about a year ish later, all I did was stand up out of a chair and turn around and it fell out of the socket. So that, and it ended up being five surgeries and, and all the craziness and spending a lot of time in hospitals as a kid. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that was, that was that journey for sure. That was a a tough one. Damn. Some tough. I mean, just to talk about your, uh, growing up just begin with, with your (laughs) parents and stuff. I mean, that doesn't help anything. Just man. Yeah. But uh, so let's talk about this. So what does a typical day look like for you, Justin? I mean, do you wake up? You know, you said you still work out. I mean, do you meditate, you know, for a few minutes? I, I, I've been trying to get more into that lately. Um, yeah. So what does your typical day look like for you? Yeah, man. So meditation is something that uh, doesn't come 100% naturally to me. I, I, I attempt to do it multiple times a week. It's not a daily thing. Mm-hmm. Um, every day for me looks different though. Like as far as depending on whether I'm on podcasts or speaking virtually or in person or working with my clients every day, like that looks differently. But I will say this, I have four non-negotiables and I'll tell you where this came from. Um, as I was going through the podcast, I was interviewing these high performers and people would ask me like, what's the common denominator behind, behind all these performers. And I didn't really know. And when I, when I stepped back and took a look, I realized there's a question that I asked. It's a two-part question. First question is, what's your definition of success? Second part is, what are three things you do every single day to ensure that success for yourself? Obviously, their definitions were all different. Even the things they did every day were different. But those things they did every day were serving themselves. And what this did for me is it realized that the most selfless thing we can do is to be selfish with our day and our time because we can't pour from an empty cup. And so I realized as I was trying to serve an audience and grow this podcast in my business, I was pouring from an empty cup because I wasn't serving myself. Hmm. I was running myself ragged. I had nothing to give. Um, And so I implemented four things into my life that I do without negotiation every single day. The first thing is, uh, so first, first of all, I wake up. If you want to know the whole day, I wake up, I have, I have 16 ounces of water and two cups of coffee nice, uh, or two mugs of coffee, whatever. My girlfriend and I then go on a three mile walk every morning. Um, so that's a, that's a non-negotiable. It's a great time for us to connect, have conversations, kind of our meeting for the day. Plus, we get our bodies moving. Um, so the, that's the first non-negotiable, that walk. Um, my second non-negotiable is I do some sort of visualization every single day. Uh, not meditation, visualization. So whether it's, hey, let me focus on what's this interview going to look like or what's my event going to look like or what's this going to look like. I'll visualize it in very, very deep connection to my emotions, all that stuff. And so I think about all the senses that come into play. Sometimes I'll use music to, to amplify that vision. Um, so that's a non-negotiable. Number three, um, I learn something new every single day. So whether that's from reading a book or something online or a YouTube video or a podcast, I learn something new every single day. And number four is I reach out to somebody I care about every day and check on them. Make sure they're doing okay. Make sure everything's good. Um, and a lot of people say, hey, Justin, that fourth one sounds like it's serving other people, but it it fills my soul, the fact that I can be there for other people. Uh, and so therefore, that's me filling my cup. So those are my four non-negotiables. But again, my day looks all different. Um, but I guarantee you, I will be doing all four of those things every day. Plus, five or six days a week, there's a second workout in there as well. Nice. I agree how you said that 
you you like to learn something every day. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson said that one time everybody should have their mind blown one time a week just from some type of knowledge that uh, I mean, especially just for me listening to his, listen to him even talk is that about the universe and astrophysics, just like just That's crazy, just in general myself. So. Um, well, how did you get started doing the podcast? I mean, Jordan Peterson once said that spoken word is like the spoken word is now one of the most powerful than actually writing it now. Um, now, whether I don't know how much he believes that, but just with how, you know, there's millions of podcasts now and you reading books, you can do the audio version, which is what I truly like enjoy, enjoy doing myself. But um, just because you can do other things while you're trying to still educate yourself. So how did, how did you get the podcast going? How did you start? And yeah, man. Right. So it's funny. Like I, like I mentioned earlier, I, I started because I wanted to interview entrepreneurs to learn how to be a better entrepreneur. Obviously, it took a turn uh, and became more of a purpose-driven type of podcast. But it really came because I listened to one podcast. I won't say which it is because I've become I've gotten to know the guy and he's not a great guy. So I don't I don't advertise this podcast okay. anymore. Um, but you can probably go find other interviews I've done and I talk about it. So with that being said, um, there was a podcast and I remember listening and being like, oh, I could do this. I could I could do this. Uh, and so I was like, let me, let me give it a try. And so I bought a $60 microphone and I started reaching out to people who I wanted to interview. And uh, fortunate enough that even early on, we had guys like Steve Weatherford and like these incredible you know, entrepreneurs, even from the beginning. But here's the crazy thing. When I started podcasting five and a half years ago, I would tell people I had a podcast and they would go, what's a podcast? Mm. Like now I tell people I have a podcast you don't know. And they go, uh, you too. Everybody's got a podcast, right? Like the, the landscape of podcasting has changed so much. Um, did I think it would, it would build a platform for me in a way, I think in the back of my head, I, I wanted it to build a platform for me, but I didn't think it would. Like I, I was like, what are the odds? Right? Like I was the person who hit play and I didn't expect anybody to listen. And for a while they didn't. Um, but after time, like now, you know, over 2 million downloads lifetime and just crazy stuff in the podcast space, but it's really about consistency and sticking with it and, and you know, understanding how to serve your audience a little bit better. But the reality is, man, I started it for one purpose and it became something completely different. Um, and so, so yeah, I mean, there's nothing too special about the beginning of my podcast journey. I messed up a lot. I did the wrong things. I, I uh, you know, it was, it was bad and it was messy, but I did it anyway. And I think that's really kind of the goal of life is like stagnation is not going to get you anything. So imperfect action is better than no action any day. Yeah. I like how you said that, that. I, obviously, I learn a lot just from my mistakes in general through anything I do, just life lessons or just life or trying to do this podcast myself. And, um, you know, like you said earlier, you know, limiting beliefs, you got to get get uncomfortable. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, and I got uncomfortable by throwing myself out here and knowing that, OK, the whole world's going to be listening to what I what we're what you and I are both saying and that. You got to be ready for whatever comes after that next, and that a lot of people are afraid, scared to get out of that un, that comfort zone, and uh, maybe that's why they never progress. Or you know, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't want to say talk that for everybody, but some people, like we just said earlier, just content, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Content, just staying in your comfort zone, and if that brings value to your life and you enjoy it, that's great. But it seems you know, just, there's other people out there like you and I who are just trying to. You know, if you're not growing, I don't think you're doing anything in life. That's kind of what I think. So, no, no, I agree, man. And, and you know, when I when I think about that stuff, I, I I really do believe that there are people that are content and happy with their life, and and that's that's great. 
Um, but there's a much larger population of people who are miserable in their life and they refuse to change anything. Uh Um, and it's not a fear of failure. It's not, I used to think that's what it was. I used to think that it was, Oh, they're, they're afraid they're going to fail. But the realistic thing is they're afraid of the unknown. If I do this and it's successful, then what, then what my identity changes. Yeah. And then can I hang out with the same people? Can I still be with my partner? Can I, can I do these things? So it's the fear of the unknown. And so when we break through like the idea of like the fear of the unknown, I always ask like, well, what would life be like if you continue to stay where you are? That's a, good point. That's a lot scarier to me, right? It's yeah. a lot scarier. And, and one thing I'll say this, especially if somebody's purpose driven, right? They, they want to inspire. They want to change lives. They want to use their own personal story to, to move people forward. Based off of the sheer number of people alone in the world, there are, at this given moment, there are 75,000 people that need to hear your message specifically from you. And so what I'd say to these people who are afraid to put themselves out there, even though they, they have this drive and desire to help and, and want to do whatever, I would say, how selfish are you? How selfish are you to not take the chance so you can help save a life? Right. I look at my podcast in this trajectory. When I first launched the show, I was doing 30, 60 downloads an episode. Mm-hmm. Found out later that's actually very normal, but I thought I sucked. Um, and so I was thinking to myself, you know, I should quit. I don't, you know, this is pointless. Nobody, nobody cares. Nobody's listening. And somebody reached out to me actually from Japan and said, because of your show, I decided not to take my life. Wow. And I realized in that moment that even if it was one person listening, I'm going to show up. I'm going to show up because clearly what's being said on my show can change a life. It can change a world because that person's still remaining on this planet today. It's changed the world. Like think about how much would have changed around in that person's sphere and then outward ripple effect if that person was no longer here. Um, And so I would say to anybody who's stagnant or afraid, like don't be selfish, share your message. Yeah. It might be messy. Yeah. It might be ugly. Yeah. It's going to be hard, but it'll be worth it. It's definitely going to be worth it. I guarantee it. Yeah, that's powerful stuff, man. If somebody, you know, looked into you or sought out to you just to tell you that and just the feelings that you probably had over that. Just, I mean, for me, I would think would be overwhelming just because I've never been through that experience. And um, But yeah, just but like you just said that if somebody actually, I think, would have told me that, that that would have gave me a whole new meaning in life. And OK, you know let's keep doing what I'm doing. And if I, if somebody is listening and if, even if it's just a small part, you know, small people or a small amount of listeners, I mean, people are listening. So maybe don't shut up until everyone stops listening, but to make yeah, that type it. of impact, that's just powerful stuff. And yeah. You know, it. it is. And, and it's happened a, a handful of times now, which is, which is just kind of crazy to me. Um, but I, here's the thing. Um, I think having an ego is important, but I also think being humble and understanding is also important. Like I'm humbled every day um, with my podcast and the fact that it's turned into this incredible live event um, with in- amazing speakers that, that I get to call friends and like all these things. Right. And so I'm humbled every single day and I'm honored that I've, I've been quote unquote chosen to live this life and this go down this path. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's it's still mind-blowing whenever I hear from anybody. Like somebody randomly reached out to me on Facebook the other day and was like, Justin, I need to let you know that, you know, I, I'm obsessed with your podcast. I listen to an episode a day. There's only one a week. So she probably found it recently and just keeps listening. But like, you know, those types of things are like, that's crazy. Uh, that makes that makes my day because who knew? Some dude from Reading, Pennsylvania out here, like 
talking into a microphone and, and here we are. It's kind of mind blowing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, just think about how relative small life is just for, you know, you know, I th- I've been thinking about like how many things have to go right just for maybe you and I just to start be, be, or be here talking today and, uh, or, you know, what could have went wrong, you know, for X thing, said thing to happen. But, um, but you've built these key level relationships. I mean, was there a common theme in building these key level relationships? I know you said you stayed consistent, you kept at it, you kept grinding. Was that, I mean, was that part of the, the algorithm or? No, man, you know, the relationships that I've been able to build with some of these people, um, you know, like it's, it's weird. I look at my Rolodex of people, by the way, for the young people, it's <laughs> Rolodex of the old phone books, right? You, you scroll through. Yeah. Um, but like the Rolodex that I have of, of friends, um, is really mind blowing. There's celebrities and billionaires and, and massive influencers. And I feel really blessed to call them friends, um, because they, they make me be better. Right. Um, but, but here's the thing, man, I would interview them and we would hit it off in some way, shape or form. But I think here's the key. I end every conversation the same way. And that is in our, that's how I, this is how I end my podcast, but how I end every conversation is let me know how I can support you in any way, shape or form. Like, and I, and I'm genuinely, I genuinely mean it. Um, and I, most of the time, people don't have anything that I can help them with, which is great. But if you genuinely give without needing anything in return, people will want to be in your space. But here's the thing. You can't fake that. Yeah. You can't fake being the person who goes, oh, yeah, I want to help. Let me know how I can help. Because if you have something in mind that you want from that person, um, then guess what? They're going to know. Like They're going to see through that veil. They're going to see through all that stuff. And so you have to genuinely be the person that wants to give just to give. Uh, because you think the person you're talking to is a good person. Uh, and that's really how I've built these friendships, right? Like, you know, Ed Milet's a really good example of this. Him and I were talking uh, before the podcast. We were just talking on the phone uh, and we didn't know each other. Like essentially what happened was he, his internet stopped working. He's like, here, just call me. He gave me his phone number. And we were talking on the phone and I ended that conversation with, let me know how I can help. And there was just dead silence on the other, the other end of the line. And I was like, uh, what's going on? He goes, hey, sorry. Um, he goes, nobody ever asked me that. And I realized how powerful it is, especially with people who have every quote unquote, have everything, mm-hmm. um, how powerful it is to say, let me know how I can, I can help. Um, and so really that was, that's kind of been my superpower is that I'm, I'm a giver, man. Like I want to help people. I want to help them thrive. I want to help them reach that next goal, even if they're already thriving. And that's how I've been able to build these friendships. Um, you know, and I think that's the key for, for anything in life, man, for your clients, potential clients for your audience, for people that you want to become friends with, for your significant other, help give unconditionally. If you give unconditionally, you win every single time. Yeah. You know, I like how you said that just because that, you know, we talked earlier that I worked in a higher education here and that one of my first interviews for my first full, that was one of my first full-time jobs was was in higher education. And during my interview, they asked me, uh, what does success mean to me? Or how would I define success? And, and I had no idea what to say. I felt like the biggest <laughs> idiot. And I, the only thing I think I said was that just, you know, achieving, a, getting a job and making money from there. Then I don't even know why I even got the job. I guess I just scratched that off. But anyway, but like that kind of stuck with me ever since. I mean, this was 10 years ago that I've been working in this industry. And it's just like, what does you know success mean to me? And that I can relate to what you're saying just because I, you know, get you know, satisfaction out of helping people. And, you know, I think most people generally want to be nice. And so when I'm able to help out or lend out a hand or do anything I can, you know, for somebody else, you know, it means something. I mean, and 
plus with today's modern society, I think it's kind of what more people need. And, uh, you know, people are not, you know, they're maybe free to afraid to reach out anymore or lend that hand. And, but, you know, like you said, you never know, you know, you never know what somebody's going through and how that can make a huge change. Just exactly yeah. the examples you just said previously. Dude, you know, the, the, it's funny. I think the one thing that I've realized over time and some of my coaching clients that I have, when I, when we talk about, you know, the giving thing, I don't even think it's necessarily like a lot of people aren't, aren't in the mindset to give. A lot of people think they have nothing to give. Mm. They're like, who am I to give to these individuals? Right. Like, but you have to find what it is your gift is like, what's your gift and give that. Like I have a gift of human connection. Like, let me connect you with amazing human beings. Right. Sure. Um, some people, sometimes your gift is an ear to listen. Everybody's got ears. So your gift is you've been, you've been given a gift to listen and, and be a shoulder to cry on. Or, um, you know, you're, you're just there to give a good hug. Like you, everybody has something to give. Um, and I think when people realize whatever that secret power is, that's when everything changes. That's when your circle levels up. I have, I wouldn't have the success I have now without the people, without the people on the wall behind me. Um, because you level up your circle, you level up your life. It's just how that goes. And so I've been able to do that subconsciously, um, by, by giving, by giving without expecting anything in return. Yeah. I've always heard that, you know, you're the, uh, you're the average of the five people you hang out with the most. Mm -hmm. And so when you surround yourself with, you know, the people you want to be around and people that, you know, you look up to and you're influenced by that starts to make, you know, like we said, you said earlier, compound effect or compound changes. And there's actually a good book called the compound effect. It talks about how you, if you change your life in small little things, things start to grow up for you to stay in that yeah, positive man. direction. Yeah. And like, look, like the greatest example of like, okay, you become who you surround yourself out. You surround yourself with, right? Like if you want to get in shape and you hung out with people who ate, grilled chicken, broccoli, and drank water all the time, there's probably a better chance you're going to be in shape than if you hang out with the people who drink beer and eat burgers mm -hmm. and, and don't work out ever, yeah. right? Like that's just what happens. It's just a con – it just becomes that natural next step of like, okay, this is what I'm doing next, right? You want to become wealthy? Hang out with wealthy people and watch what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Do the same thing. I'm a big, big believer in, you know, find the master, follow the model. Do you find the master, follow their model. Make it your own, of course, but there's roadmaps out there for everything you want in life, whether it's to get abs, get a billion dollars, whatever. There's a roadmap out there for it. Is there – I mean, I agree 100%. Uh, if you really want to do something, you'll do it. And if you want that six-pack abs or if you just want to quit smoking or you know do X said thing, yeah, you'll, if you really want to do it, you'll do it. You know, Or if it's yeah. just getting one pull-up or one push-up. Um, and a lot of people just – it's just getting out that comfort zone that we've been – you're getting out of your comfort zone like we've been talking about. But talking about looking up to people, I mean, is there one person you could say in your life that you found when you were younger or even now that that was like, hey, that's this is one person that's really, you know, I, I maybe want to strive to be like? You know, it's funny. I Somebody asked me this question the other day. Um, I don't. There's not one. There's not one person where I'm like, oh, I want I want that. There have been people in my life where I'm like, oh, I'd like to model their their business ethics, or I'd like to model the fact that they're a good husband and, and father, or I want to model this. Um, but I've never really had, you know, like that childhood hero. Like that, I've never had any of that stuff in my life. Um, sure. There are people that I admire and there's people that I look up to as mentors and advisors and, and those types of people. But honestly, man, like there's, there's no striving to be anything other than a, a better version of myself every day. Um, because I, you know, I like who I am. 
I don't need to be somebody else. I don't need to have somebody else's things or whatever. Now, as a kid, obviously, again, it's seeing those little things being like, oh, that'd be cool or that'd be nice or yeah. that'd be that'd be awesome. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Um, but I've never – it's so strange because I, 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 the person asked me that on the podcast the other day. I'm like, no. And then I kind of – after the interview, that was the question that stuck in my head. I'm like, that's kind of weird that I never had that childhood hero or that hero or somebody to look up to, um, which, is so, which is so strange. But it's just the reality. Yeah. I mean, I mean- – some people just, I don't know. I, you know, I guess there is a few people that I could say that I do have looked up to, but in general, it's just been more of like, all right, what is, you know, and we talked about common themes earlier. Like what is their, what are they all doing with their lives? Are they, you know, moving forward? Are they doing something big with their lives? All right. Are they, you know, what, what am I seeing on the, you know, outside looking in? You know, like you said earlier, that, that one podcast you talked to was just a, a bad human being and you didn't, you lost your respect for him, but, you know, just only, you know, some people say don't meet your heroes either, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, but just to seeing what I'm seeing and, you know, maybe not seeing full circle, but yeah, it's just like, oh, that's what I want my life. I want my life to grow and be big and just, you know, I just try to find multiple people that I enjoy, you know, uh, talking to or, or like trying to strive to be like. So, you know, one thing is that, you know, we talked about social media earlier and that <laughs> this model, this might be not related or, related i don't know but just you know michael jordan's probably not reading youtube comments you know <laughs> about people uh yeah, that's a quote by joe rogan you know talking with people talking shit about him and i just knew that something like that's like man yeah i don't i don't think i want to be that person who's trolling people on the internet and you know just making up stuff just to try to make my you know bringing people down just to make myself feel good yeah and, yeah dude rogan's rogan's the man um he is <laughs> I don't know him, by the way. It, most people think that I know him just because of the podcast world. And I've, I do have really good friends who, who are really good friends with him. I've never, I've never met him. Um, but he says some really smart stuff for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Michael Jordan's probably not reading the comments because he doesn't have the time to read the comments either. Um, but it's also he's built a life for himself where he doesn't need the time. You know what? Maybe that's something I would look up to. Somebody who doesn't have the time to worry about what other people are thinking or saying about them. Yeah. I think that's I think that's a that's a good goal. That's something to look up to, right? Like he's just so damn busy and successful mm-hmm. that nothing else matters. Like literally, this is my world. You're 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 on my team or you're not on my team. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean that's how you have to be. Is that you know you allow certain people in your life and you want them to. You know, either to stay in there for a reason or because they're bringing some meaning to your life somehow. Or, you know, how we were saying earlier, where you've gotten so big, this might be a good question, that, you know, you might have some vultures or some people come at you and just always asking you to invest in something or, you know, just almost to try to take advantage of you just because of who you are and your name and all that. Does, you want to talk on that or is that, you know, should we avoid that question? You don't have to say no, names, obviously. <laughs> no, you're good, man. Um, honestly, it's more... Uh, this has always been a thing for me for years. Um, it's the, how do I word this without sounding like an asshole? Um, <laughs> it's the people expecting something without giving anything. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that, that's my biggest worry about people who reach out. Um, like they're entitled to something. They're entitled to something or they're arrogant when they approach me to try and get on my podcast or to do something, to partner with something with me or whatever the case may be. Um, I'm open to listen if you were, if you approach it the right way. Sure. Right. Like, I, like I'm very much a give first kind of person. And so if you come at me without giving first, then, then that's an issue, right? Like then you, you are, I are automatically know you don't know how I am as a person. 
Yeah. Um, and I've, I've spoken out about this all the time, but I, I get pitched for my podcast about 30 times a day, minimum. Um, and very rarely do I accept people uh, because most of those people come at me the wrong way. But the reality is if you want something in your life, approach it the right way. There, there have been podcasts that I've had the pleasure of being on. And the reason I got on is because I invited those people onto my show first without expectation. We hit it off. They then invited me onto their show, mm-hmm. right? Like that's kind of, that's more of the thought process of how I approach things, right? People ask me all the time, Hey, I want to speak at your event. Cool. I don't even know who you are. Like, why would I want you to speak at my event? Like you've told me nothing other than I'm, I should be speaking at your event. Um, and so I, you know, I look at how my event is set up now. So we're going, so May of 2022, we're doing growth now summit live the second year, uh, cause 2019, it was supposed to happen in 2020, but we all know what happened. Uh, <laughs> COVID has shut it down, but a lot, there, there's one of the keynote speakers was a movement maker the first year, which is a panel that I call my panelists movement makers. I have people on the stage this year that were in the audience last year. They bought a ticket without expectation. They built a relationship with me. I realized they're doing really freaking amazing things. They're now on the stage. Um, I have people who attended last year or are sponsoring this year. I have people who sponsored last year or I put on the stage this year. So like, it's really about like, get into my, get into somebody's world, get into their, their area of expertise Find out what they need, give to them. And I promise you, they'll give back. They're going to see your worth, you know, if you can get into their sphere without expecting anything in return. So more than talking about like the investments and the money thing and the partnerships, it's really about like just getting there, right? There are people out there that'll sit down and go, I'm an angel investor. Give me some, I'll give you money if you're good enough. Um, But if you want to get into a place where you want to become friends or you want to get on a podcast, give first. I can't, I can't emphasize that enough. Uh, we've talked a lot, a lot about that in this conversation because that's the that's the secret to having success in your life is to give first. Yeah, I mean, just you know, you can't just take all the time, and you might you might get away with it the first few times, but people, if they're smart enough, they're eventually going to just, all right, we're done here, bro. Yeah. So, uh, let's talk about uh, your your event you were just talking about, maybe more in detail. Um, you know, you didn't get to have it obviously in 2020, but is it mainly for entrepreneurs or what is it? Yeah, man. So I like to say that it's a. Uh, a three day rock concert for entrepreneurs, forward thinkers, and people looking to level up in the four pillars of their life. Okay. Um, so it's a ton of fun. It's, it's some of the most amazing people I've been able to collect together, uh, both on the stage and in the audience, the people in the audience have become fast friends from 2019. They've done business together. They've started masterminds together. They've started podcasts together, which is really, really cool to see. Um, but the event is really focused on speakers and panelists talking about what is the four pillars of life, business, okay. spirituality, wellness, and relationships, and really about how can we live a purposeful life based around those four things. Um, and it's a ton of fun. I've got rock star speakers. They're not all announced yet, so I can't really go through the list, but some of them are announced. Like I have Chris Van Vliet, who's a four-time Emmy winner. Uh, he's on the docket. We've got Andre Young, who speaks to some of the largest corporations in the world about leadership coming in to speak. Um, and then I'll, I'll tell you this because I'm announcing him soon. I don't know when this show is going live, um, but Nick Santanastasso is coming, who Nick is, uh, he, he shares the stage with Tony Robbins all the time. He was oh, born, yeah, with no okay. legs, born with no legs and one arm. I've heard his name. I know you're talking about. Yeah. So he, you know, 600,000 followers on Instagram. Uh, he's, he happens to be one of my good friends. And so he's coming as one of the keynote speakers and, and there will be more to be announced soon. But it's really, it's really not only great speakers, but. Uh, of course, I'm speaking as well. And and so like, it's just an incredible opportunity to come and connect with like-minded people. I rented out this really cool venue in Lidditz, Pennsylvania called Rock Lidditz, which is actually where like the like musical artists go to like get ready for their tours. So I was just there to meet with one of the people about the food and stuff. 
uh, the other week. Billy Joel was there when I was there. Oh, so nice. like, it's just really cool to see that kind of thing. And everything's on campus. The hotel is there where the event is with the after parties, the VIP parties, like we've got it all, man. And, and it's a ton of fun. Um, and, uh, it's actually super affordable. So anybody who's interested, they can go to growthnowsummit.com and get tickets and, and join us and come hang out because it's a great time. Is this something you might hold virtually too, or is it just all in person since the So as of right now, it's all in person. Okay. Um, I, I did do two virtual events over, over the time of COVID so far, and it's not something I'm in love with. It's just a different feeling. This is a, yeah, it's a different feeling. I mean, it's, it's, it's certainly not the same. Um, and, but with that being said, it is at this point in this juncture, still being nine months out, we're full, we're full in person right now. Good. Um, we may open it up to virtual options in the future as we get closer. Um, and of course, if COVID shuts us down again, we, we will transition to virtual, but, um, we are all in right now for, um, in-person event. Is that a big thing? You think that you see in the future that we, you know, everything might start getting shut down again with this new Delta variant and stuff? Well, they're certainly trying now. Um, but with that being said, I think that by May we'll be okay. Right. Coming back into the warm weather, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever, whatever the case may be. Um, yeah. So I think at some point things are going to get shut down again, but it, it will be fine by May of 2022. I agree that there, we might, you know, that's what we were talking about at work today. That something like this, we might get a new spike in cases here, but I think it'll come back down. Hopefully. And where do, where do you live? Uh, South, uh, but I guess the best, better way to put it, I'm in Virginia, but right on the, uh, North Carolina and Virginia line. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah uh, a couple hours. Yeah. Black, right where, you know, Blacksburg, Virginia tech. Yeah. Yeah. So right there in that area. Awesome. Yeah. So not far from all. Um, well, um, Justin, you've been real generous with your time and I don't want to hold you up anymore than what you have. So you, you talked about your podcast. Um, if anybody else, and you talked about your uh, event there, is there anything else if people want to get at you? Um, how would they do that and where would they find you and all that good stuff? Yeah, man. So obviously the podcast is a great place to start. They can come to the event if they want. My favorite social media platform uh, is Instagram right now. So it's at Justin T. Shank on there. Um, so you can look that up. You can look at the show notes, how to spell my last name. Everybody spells it wrong because <laughs> of how it's pronounced and spelled. Don't make sense. Um, so at Justin T. Shank on Instagram. And um, yeah, man, I look here. Honestly, I appreciate the time. This conversation has been phenomenal. Uh, and, um, yeah, I'm excited to stay connected and see where it goes. All right, good. I would love that. Um, so, um, yeah, I don't think I have anything else, but, um, if, if that's all you got, um, we'll just say we'll take this one home. So yeah, man. appreciate it. All right. You're a bad dude. Appreciate you again. So bye everybody.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 